Christy Millar is surrounded by water and she can't touch bottom. But she isn't in a pool or a lake or the ocean. She's clinging to a bush in the yard of her house in Fort Myers, Florida. You could see wind. It was a wall of white dots coming at you. And I just, in my head, I'm like, oh my, that's the wind. Like, that's the wind picking up the water and, like, slamming it at you. Christy is in the middle of Hurricane Ian, trying to get her three-year-old son to safer ground. I don't know how high the water was, but my car was underwater. And at this point, my son was screaming his daddy's name, and I knew I had to stay calm for my son. Christy knows she's got to make a move. Her neighbor's house is on higher ground, but getting there will mean swimming because her street is now a gushing river with a current that could sweep us into a preserve where no one would know where we were. I'm Tora Kachur, and this is Tell Me What Happened, true stories of people helping people, an original podcast by OnStar. Every day when you wake up, You don't know if you'll be a person who needs help or if you'll be a person that helps someone else. It's important to remember that it's in all of us to be either one of those things every day. Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. Christy Millar and her husband Anthony have been preparing for a big storm. Talking to neighbors, watching the news, getting their house ready we have metal shutters that we put up. So we started putting those up. We knew our streets flooded, so we had our kayaks in the garage with the paddles. I brought the life jackets inside the house. We took our jet ski out of the water and put it on the side of the house. Christy's thought of all the possibilities. I did have a hotel booked just in case I figured if anything, I can work on the East Coast of Florida while this whole storm was happening because the rest of the world keeps moving. Christy sells building materials, items that are in high demand before and after a storm. For a while, it sounds like Tampa, 130 miles up the coast, is going to get the worst of it. But Christy wants to be ready for anything. I'm worried because I have a child and a husband that I dearly love and I have a family that doesn't live in the state and they hear about this huge hurricane coming and get out. What are you doing? Leave your house. But it's hard to know if that's the right thing to do. You don't know what you're going to get. Gas stations might not be open. Roads might be blocked. So it's trouble to leave and it's trouble to stay. This is Florida, after all. People are used to tropical storms. Plus, in the days leading up to the hurricane, Lee County, where Christy lives, didn't issue an evacuation order. So Christy and her husband decide to stay. They bought the house a few years ago, and they want to keep it safe. We wanted to see how it held up. We wanted to be inside of it. So we wanted to be able to jump and get ready to fix something if we had to. When she wakes up on Thursday morning, Christy knows it's going to be bad. I felt the pressure in my head that it was coming and you heard the winds outside. There's no light coming in, can't see outside, so you don't really know what's going on, but you could feel the pressure. I'm like, okay, it's here. 
At 10.30, the power goes out. My family's calling, friends are calling, get out, get out of the house. And I'm like, trees are down, you can't get down the roads. So might as well hunker down, is what they say. And then the plan to hunker down, it gets complicated. So all of a sudden my son said, Mommy, there's a pool in the house. And I said, oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, let's put your life jacket on. (laughs) And then my husband said, look outside. And there was over a foot of water. And we were ankle deep at this point. Christy and her husband reevaluate. The wet dry bag was packed. And we were talking about going to the other neighbor that has a stilt home. And all of a sudden through my bedroom, which I can see, like almost like a tidal wave of water, but not huge, because the water had broken through the wall of our home. There was so much out there. And as the water starts to equalize inside their home, the baseboards are bubbling. You can hear them bubbling. And then once the water equalized, that's when the toilets went. And my husband's like, we got to get out of here now. The septic system is about to back up into the house, into the water that's rising around them rapidly. Our couches are floating into the kitchen. Dining room table's floating. Everything's floating. They know they've got to go, but they keep running into the same problem. We can't open the garage because it pushes out. And there's too much water on the other side of that door to open it. And that's the problem we had with the back door. You know, we're thinking we're trapped. There doesn't seem to be any way out until Christy remembers. I didn't put wing nuts on one window of the house in the laundry room. And some point during the storm, I saw the window and I saw a piece of metal fly off. Like it got sucked out. So we had light coming from there. So I'm like, oh, the window. Anthony shatters the window. Covering the broken glass with a towel, they push on the heavy metal shutter. And because the wing nuts aren't in place, it slides off. And we put towels around so the glass didn't cut anything. My husband went first, and then we tried to pass my son, and he didn't want to go. He was freaking out. So I just told him we're going on an adventure. We're going to be okay. Once they're all out, Anthony heads straight to the jet ski. It started up, and then he did a loop, and as soon as he did that loop, he took in debris, and that was the end of the jet ski. So he floated away with the current across the street. Christy is left holding her son and two dry bags, one containing Anthony's diabetes medications. Anthony tries to swim across the street back to them, but he can't make any progress in the current. So now they're stuck on opposite sides of the street. Water, wind, and rain raging all around them. Christy keeps one hand around her son and holds on to a submerged bush with the other. They're both wearing their life jackets. You can't touch ground. I am not a swimmer, so I just wanted him to stay calm through the situation. That was Michael. Just everyone needs to stay calm. I saw my neighbor Sam outside, and he had a pickup truck. And his truck was above water. His house is a little higher than us as well in elevation. So I'm like, okay, we're going there. But to get to Sam's house, she'll have to cross the street. No easy task now that it's become a river in a hurricane. 
we had two skinny, tall, evergreen trees in front of our house that were taller than the roof. And I used those like rope. But the branches only take her so far. There's still a treeless stretch to go to reach Sam's house. Christy and her son are going to have to swim. I had my son in front of me as I was using my arms and legs, just trying to push him along as I was going. And then the bags were like attached to my arms. I don't know how I did it. Christy and her son make it to Sam's. He gets them sheltered in a screened-in porch and goes back to the truck to keep an eye on Anthony, who's stuck further down the street. They're safe, for now. But the water's still rising, and there's no rescue in sight. Christy focuses on her son. He was saying he was cold. He was, like, shivering. And I don't know how long we've been in the waters. You kind of lose sense of time. So I got him on his knees on top of the wet dry bag and put his head on my shoulder like in a sleeping position. And I just started singing, you are my sunshine over and over and over and over for, it felt like hours, it never stopped. This is Tell Me What Happened, a podcast created by OnStar to showcase the importance of a human connection when you need help. Whether you're lost on a mountainside, fending off a great white shark, or trapped in a hurricane. Christy and her three-year-old son have found temporary safety at their neighbor's house. But the water keeps rising. How high will it go? It's a question Kevin Ott is asking as well. He grew up in the Fort Myers area and has lived through many storms. So whenever the hurricanes start coming up, me and my kids go riding around the golf cart and we go watching all the storms coming in and watching the wind, watching the rain, watching all this stuff. You know, I, I always love that. Kevin is used to holing up at his boat repair shop and riding out storms. He wasn't too worried about this one. But while he and his son are watching it come in at Fort Myers Beach, he gets a feeling. Within probably 10 or 15 minutes of us being there, that water rose almost six to eight inches. And everything started getting blown away. I told my son, we gotta go find grandma to make sure she's okay because I just had this weird feeling that, you know what? We gotta go watch on her. Grandma is Marianne Deneen. Marianne lives in Island Park, same neighborhood as Christy Millar. And like Christy, she was prepared to ride out the storm. When Kevin calls to check in, she assures him she's fine, don't worry. Kevin isn't buying it. I told my kids, I got this bad feeling about this one. Kevin and his kids get in his pickup truck and drive towards Island Park. And by the time we got down to the end of the road, we were probably in two and a half to almost three foot of water. And I've got a big, huge truck. And when I got down to the end, you could see a truck stuck with telephone pole lines and power lines wrapped around it. They know they can't get any further. And now Marianne is calling, texting. She goes, Kevin, it's getting bad. I said, I know that, but we can't get you. I said, but I'm not going to give up. Give me a minute. But Kevin doesn't have a minute. Water is seeping into the truck. We had about two inches of water in the bottom of the floor. I backed up, and then I just hurried up and got out of there as fast as I could. Another text arrives from Marianne. She goes, Kevin, we're not going to make it. We're going to die. The water's in here. 
we're in a canoe, we're floating in the middle of the house. I said, it's okay. We're going to make it. You all, we got left. I will not let you die. I'm going to go back to the shop. I'm getting a boat and I'm coming back. And that's exactly what Kevin does. He picks up a friend's pontoon boat. Kevin and his three kids get in and set off, using the streets like canals. We're in 130 to 150 mile an hour winds. I told my boys to set up in front, keep the nose down. I told my daughter to lay down in the middle of the boat because I didn't want none of them to fall out. This wind was relentless. Never seen something like this. It was, it was scary. Despite the wind, they make good time until they're stopped by fallen power lines. We had no place to go, and I, I looked up, and my kids, I said, I don't know what we're going to do next. And they're like, Dad, hold on, look, there's somebody up in front of us. I couldn't hardly see because it was just pouring so hard, and, you know, the water was rushing in. Kevin inches the pontoon boat closer. I was like, holy crap, that is somebody. He didn't look like he had much time left. I mean, it was awful. That guy is Anthony, Christy Millar's husband, and he's frantic, pleading with Kevin to rescue his wife and son. Now Kevin's faced with a dilemma. I had to get to the kid's grandma. We can't lose grandma. I wasn't looking to save people. He was motioning to where, you know, his wife was and this little baby and and his neighbor. And as I was looking over, I was like, oh my gosh, we cannot leave these people here because there was nobody else out there. No one. It was just us. Meanwhile, Christy is just trying to keep it together for her son. When I was pregnant and you're giving birth, they tell you to have a focus point, a focal point, you know, so you can block out pain. And so I had a focal point of a peephole on Sam's door, and I'm watching the water level just stay between this nail and a peephole. And I'm like, okay, we're at high tide. I don't need that water level to go above that peephole. Like, that was my focal point. I just stared and sang, stared and sang. And then, like a miracle. Sam came in and got us. He said, there's a boat. We got to go. And I'm like, what? What? Like, none of this is making sense. So we get out. My husband's already on the boat, standing there. I was like, oh my gosh, that lady has a baby up in the air trying to keep him from drowning with a life jacket. She was white. That little boy was scared to death. Kevin gets Sam into the boat. Christy hands her son up to Kevin's daughter, and then it's just her left. Every time I lifted with my arms, the current was taking my legs and dragging them down. So it's like every time I would go up, I would get sucked back under the boat. 
Christy has been fighting for hours to stay calm, to take care of her house, her husband, her son. She's exhausted. And at that point, I was just like, okay, you got my husband, you got my son, they're safe. I can go now. Like, I'm okay saying goodbye. But there's no way Kevin is leaving her behind. His son gets in the water and helps Christy. There was a palm tree behind us, and he braced himself on the palm tree and put his hands under my feet to push me up. And then he got back in, and we were all safe. But how are they going to get to Grandma's house? The road is blocked by fallen electrical wires. My one kid looked up, and he goes, look, Dad, in between the houses, we can go that way. There's water. I'm like, okay, I see it. You're right. Kevin steers the boat carefully. Grab the sides of the roofs, and we'll ease our way through it with the boat. Went into the next road and went into the next road doing the same thing. Finally, Kevin gets to Grandma's house. Is he too late? That water was, I don't know, eight, nine foot, ten foot deep right at that point. We pulled up and I held onto the side of the house. A few of the men jump off the boat and try to get a door open. Nothing's working. They kept on kicking, 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 and nobody could get the door. The water was rushing so hard. Out of nowhere, it just it popped open. Kind of think and hope it was Grandpa, you know, putting his hand down from heaven and pushing it. <laughs> Marianne, her daughter Caitlin, and Caitlin's boyfriend Colton float out of the house in a canoe. Kevin and his kids pull them into the boat. Marianne sat behind me with her dog and Colton and Caitlin and all of them and the cat. Of all things, a cat in the middle of this thing was the funniest thing to see a cat. Kevin and his kids end up rescuing a total of 12 people with the pontoon boat that day. They were way beyond capacity, even on a calm day, let alone in the middle of a hurricane. But as they make their way out of the neighborhood, they wish they had room for more. We've seen more and more and more and more and more people. People are screaming and crying and yelling, waving us down. But, I mean... At that point, the boat set low to the water. If we'd have lost all of us, it would have never made it. By the time Kevin drops everyone off at a motel, it's getting dark. Even though he wants to, Kevin knows that with the live wires in the water and no lights, it's impossible to go back. You know, it, it bothered me really bad, all these people. And I'd try to sleep at night and I'd see him waving and crying. And oh my goodness, it was horrible. But to look at the ones we saved, like the one lady told me, she goes, Kevin, you can't save everybody. You only can do what you did, and that's it. On the day of the storm, there was so much chaos that Christy didn't even get a chance to thank Kevin. A few days later, Christy and Anthony are back at their house, assessing the damage. And my husband said... Kevin's here. I'm like, Kevin? Who's Kevin? He's like, Kevin, the guy that saved us on the boat. And I ran up front and I just lost it. And I basically just was a blubbering mess in his shoulder for probably 10 minutes. And that was the moment that we've been friends ever since. 
Hurricane Ian ended up being a Category 4 storm. 149 people died in its wake. In Lee County alone, where Christie lives, over 5,000 structures were destroyed and many more damaged. Christie and Kevin are still rebuilding their homes and lives. What started as the worst day of their lives has turned into a powerful friendship. Now we have Thanksgivings together, we have Christmas together, and it's just, it's a different family now we all got, and it's something that'll never change. I love his children. They're amazing human beings. He's got a great family. I met his parents yesterday. I told them, thank you for raising such a strong individual. He's, uh, for a person to go out and do something like that, it's an extraordinary human. You never know when you'll need an extraordinary human or when you might end up being that person. And even when you think you've prepared for the worst, things can go wrong. Learning more about what might happen can help you feel like you can step up to help. Grace Meinhofer is a spokesperson for the American Red Cross. She's based in Puerto Rico, where she experienced Hurricane Fiona. I'm born and raised in Puerto Rico, so we are used to hurricanes. Hugo in the 90s, Maria, now Fiona. I was here in Puerto Rico during Hurricane Fiona. So I've seen firsthand the destruction that could happen. Was there any damage to your home? No. No, no, there is no damage, but that's not, you know, the story for every person who lives here. Not everybody has the resources. So my role right when the disaster happened in an area where I live is understanding what the need is for the people who are affected and also making sure that we keep them informed, right? Where Where is the aid coming? Where are the emergency response vehicle distributing the food items? And what I do in my role with the Red Cross is utilize any outlet that is available at the time. It could be social media, it could be TV, it could be radio. What we experienced during Hurricane Ian was that the electricity was gone and there was no TV, no cable. So radio was a source that we utilized to tell people what to do. You mentioned the power of radio. How, how important is it to have a battery-operated radio in your home during a hurricane? We're so used to telephones and TV but radio is really important, and we saw that while we were responding for Hurricane Ian. As part of your preparedness, you need to have a radio, just like you need to have your medication, cash, water. You need to stay informed. And, and how are you going to do that if you don't have the means to understand what is the path of the storm? What are the authorities saying at the time for you to stay safe? When should you start preparing for a natural disaster like a hurricane? You should start getting ready now, today. You can go to redcross.org and download a printout of our preparedness guides. They're available in multiple languages. And start buying the items that you need or get the ones that you have at home. And a recommendation that I always give people prior to hurricane season is make sure that somebody at home learns or is certified with AED, first aid, and CPR, because emergency responders cannot come out to assist until it's clear and safe for them to come out. So if something happens at home while the storm is happening, someone that is certified could be able to save a life because you never know what's going to happen during a disaster. What are some other things people can do in advance to be prepared for a disaster like, like a hurricane? 
all your documents, important documents like your passport, your license, insurance information for your home, for your vehicle, and anything that you might need to put a, a claim in the future. It's important for you to have it. Cash, money is going to be important. Any medicine that you might need, clothes, also water, not perishable food items. Do you have children at home? Do you have uh, people with disabilities? Do you have pets? Because each one of them are going to need their own individual kit. Those things, you can have that ready and available in a room at home and be ready for uh, an emergency. When we think about going to a shelter, what is the benefit of a community shelter? The benefit is that these structures have been vetted by emergency management personnel and also the Red Cross. So it's going to have electricity, it's going to have water, it's going to have food, it's going to be a safe structure. It, it will withstand the path of the storm. Each disaster is so different in the way that it impacts the areas. And um, let's compare, for example, Ian, with Irma, which both happened in South Florida. During Hurricane Irma, the Keys were devastated and also the west part of the state were really affected. A lot of people stayed at home and they thought that, you know, by staying at home, it, 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 this is going to be the same as as before and before this house made it, well, each disaster is different. And, you know, if you are going to stay home, you need to determine your best area to be protected against high winds, the best area in your home that can protect you from flooding. In knowing your community and be connected with members in the community and organizations in the community that can provide assistance during a disaster is very important. Know your neighbors, know your neighbors, know where you're going to go and know what resources are available. So I have to say it and I say it not only in my job, but I do it personally. Preparedness is key because it saves you time, it saves money, it saves lives. That's it for this episode of OnStar's Tell Me What Happened, true stories of people helping people. And if you want to share your own story about a stranger who showed up for you at just the right moment, look for a link at OnStar.com. Or if you're listening on Spotify, check out the Q&A feature. Let's share some love for people who help others in big ways and small. And while you're at it, share some love for this podcast. It really helps if you review and rate us on your podcast platform or share this with someone who would enjoy it. On behalf of OnStar, I'm Tora Kachur, and please be safe out there.